Tonight on the Goblin's Corner, Sorceress Bloodlines. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight, we're doing Sorcerer's Bloodlines. Ah, yes. Sorcerers. Those magical, delightful casters with high charisma. All produced because somebody in a distant past got busy with somebody else. Yep. Or, you know, maybe they were just near something else. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about bloodlines tonight and how perhaps you can get interesting sorceress bloodlines and honestly, way more thematical, interesting aspects to make a fun sorcerer. But before we get to that. Got a question of the week, man. That's right. So what is the question of the week for sorcerers bloodlines, Matt? Well, we're staying on theme. So the question is, what if you were the progenitor of a sorcerer's bloodline? Me? Yes, A progenitor of a sorcerer's bloodline, you ask? Indeed. Okay. What type of flavor would you bring down onto future generations? What are you tapping into? What are they tapping into? Hmm. We asking this if I was a patron or something, or if I was just myself. You, You or you? Me, me. Yep. Hmm. They are getting, they are going to be whimsical sorcerers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. They will definitely be getting the ability to charm. Okay. And break machines at the drop of a hat. All right. Because I can break machines just by looking at them. Sure. Sure. As denoted by all of the technical difficulties we experience whenever we try to record an episode of The Goblin's Corner. Let alone two back-to-back. I mean, it happens. <laughs> it's, I'm just saying, <laughs> I keep tech support in business. I used to be tech support, which is ironic because I can break machines so badly. Well, when you've had to fix your own so many times, you might as well get paid for that skill set. That's, that's a good point. What about you? What would your flavor for future generations be? I think uh, probably something in the natural slash fey kind of realm uh you know um we're gonna yourself so like you have to think like what real world skills would you pass down so for like skills and stuff yeah clearly clearly my future bloodlines would be able to uh probably alchemy arcane mixologists yes absolutely potion masters of some sort certainly alcoholic potion masters of some sort yep and it's not perform. What? I guess it's a toolkit, and that's going to be chef's tools. Yeah, they're going. They got to be able to cook, man. They they will definitely be useful to future generations, yep. or potentially the rats and cockroaches that populate our world after we destroy ourselves. Yeah, uh, I would give them like for spells and stuff like that, just for a couple of different things. I'd give them heat metal. Sure. Because everywhere you go is a hibachi, man. See, I could see for my future generations, it would be basically the bard's spell list. I would definitely give summon podium. Sure. Which was which? If you don't know what that is, go back to our first stupid spells. Oh, you know what we should do? We should, at a later date, come up with the spell list that we would give our future people. Like actual, just make up spells. For us to give our sorcerer's bloodlines. I like that. That's kind of cool. Yep. Are you a sorcerer or perhaps you're from the future? Write to us. Info at goblinscorner.com or you can reach me, eric at goblinscorner.com or me, matt at goblinscorner.com. And of course, you can find us on all the things. All right. So let's start off with regarding sorcerers. Let's, okay. We're talking about sorcerers here and sorcerers' bloodlines. And it should be noted that Before we get into making a sorcerer's bloodline, we need to kind of explain what do we mean? Because there's a lot of different games that have sorcerers in them. Right. For the purposes of this episode, we're going to go predominantly fantasy, although this could work for a... I'm fine with a D20 modern or anything like that. Shadowrun game can even work with this easily. That would be fun, yeah. You could throw a Shadowrun sorcerer in there. Sure. I mean, they're basically wage mages. Yeah. So what's a sorcerer, Matt? A sorcerer is someone who is born innately tied to magic Mm -hmm. and as they practice that magic they become more powerful in it they don't just learn magic they are magic exactly anyways 
Now it should be noted that some games have warlocks as well. But they got to cut a deal. That's right. Sorcerers are the only ones they have that natural talent. Yeah. Just woke up, tied into the network. Woke up, flapped their red dragon wings, (laughs) breezed on their mother and turned her to ash and started off on a merry adventure. Yeah. Blink their nictating membranes. I mean, whatever. Woke up. (laughs) experienced the froggy warts all over their body, bit somebody, turned them into a slod, hopped along their merry way with a giant mallet and a box of, uh, <laughs> of fruity Cheerios. Sure. <laughs> and yes, we will get to the slod war- uh, sorcerer at some point in this episode. Okay. And a lot of game systems sorcerers are spontaneous casters right mm-hmm. they don't memorize anything they have they know what they know and they use it as often as they're able now in pathfinder and D, they uh have a list and that's all they can cast but they can cast way more than other caster types yeah they cast more often yes yes because they're just tied in like i said mm-hmm. we oftentimes like for sorcerers to pitch their own spells and work it out because it's more flavorful from our standpoint. Yes. What makes sorcerers unique? In many themes, like games and such, metamagic is the big thing. Sure. So 3.5 metamagic was for everybody, but sorcerers, I think, got a little bit of extra metamagic. In 5th edition, certainly, metamagic is the reason to play a sorcerer. Absolutely. More specifically, it's the reason to repeatedly cast fireball over and over and over there's never a reason to repeatedly cast fireball yes well if you have to repeatedly cast fireball you're doing it wrong anyway fair yeah no argument with that right uh what makes them unique they are probably some of the more themed casters in the game i would definitely say more than a wizard now you can theme a wizard and we will probably get to that point but sorcerers because of their nature are inherently themed Yes. Uh, wizards can be themed by backstory and by choice. Mm-hmm. Sorcerers start with a theme. Yeah. And a similar, like a warlock, you would consider to be a themed character until you realize that they just cut a deal with a thing that has a theme. They themselves don't necessarily have one. Now you can start, you can add a theme to that. You can. But they don't start with that. But sorcerers are born with it locked in. Sorcerers are like, look. Way down the list, there was a Genasi, and somebody got busy, or I was exposed to some Eldritch Farscape-type energies. I say Farscape, Far Realm, although Farscape would be great. (laughs) Farscape wizard, think about that. (laughs) Spelljammer. Oh, my. Yes. Yes, it'd be perfect (laughs) for Spelljammer. My God. (laughs) We've just stumbled upon a new sorcerer bloodline now. All right. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. They somewhere along the lines they're exposed to something that bred true. Yeah. And so bloodlines are part of being a sorcerer. Absolutely. And it because of that, the connection to the magic bred true, whether or not breeding in and of itself was a portion of that function to begin with. Yeah. It, so you could be exposed well, we'll get to the reasons of how to create a bloodline, but one of the things is it doesn't have to necessarily be a creature. Right. It be many different factors, and we'll talk about that. One of the things that a lot of people don't necessarily bring into a sorcerer in game is something that I personally love to, at the very least, it, that sort of Damocles, right? I want to hang that over people's heads. And, and, and this is something that, people don't bring in for warlocks either true the source of the sorcerer's magic is oftentimes a creature that is in their bloodline Mm -hmm. somewhere down the line and usually oftentimes those creatures are immortal and could very reasonably be alive and in play somehow a good example of that is the typical draconic sorcerer. Sure. Somewhere in the bloodline, dragon got busy with somebody. That dragon lives for thousands of years. He's down the road, chilling in his cave. 
sitting on a big pile of gold. That's your great, 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 great grandfather. Yeah, Grandma, the fucking angel, didn't die of old age. No, she's chilling still in Celestia, waiting for you to die. And if she's good, and if she's a family woman, she might be checking in occasionally. There's nothing that says she can't. I just came by to say hi, <laughs> give you some cookies, and by the way, you need to go down to the abyss and slay these things. <laughs> or, you know, that the judgy grandmas would also be a great one. Pissed off at your life choices because exactly. you're, you're chaotic neutral instead of lawful good? Yep. How dare you? How dare you wear that t-shirt? And you killed a flump. You're going to fucking hell. All right. So think about that. Think about the sorcerers being in play with an eldritch being, a creature of vast, unmistakable power that just happened to, you know, in, get in your bloodline and they're still kicking. Yep. They might have motivations and goals. Maybe they did this for a reason. Sure. Maybe they've been waiting for you. You are the chosen one, Neo. So, just a couple things to think about. Bloodlines, as a result, play a huge deal in meshing well with the sorcerer. Sure. You can do it without it. Yeah. But it's much more fun to do it with it. <laughs> so, let's give, a, let's give a couple of examples. There's all kinds of bloodlines in D&D. There's lots of third-party supplements. If you've read anything online, if you've been to Drive Through RPG, or if you've been to DM's Guild... There's lots of different bloodlines that people have made, and they're wonderful. We yeah. totally say, go buy some. But So why would you create a bloodline for your sorcerer if there's so many available? First off and foremost, and completely on brand for us, mm -hmm. Mo Flava. Mo Flava. We just, because maybe it's not your characteristic of whimsical that you want. Absolutely. And we can show you how. Yeah. Or at the very least, we can help. That's right. Additionally, it could be something that fits your game world or your homebrew that you're creating. Yeah, if you've got creatures in your homeworld that don't exist elsewhere, then no one has written a sorcerous bloodline for them. Yeah, so it, it's up to you. <laughs> got to do it. Get down there and start writing. And it's not, it's not hard. It's really not. It may be something that fits a particular monster or eldritch energy or so forth. And we're, again, we're talking patron here. So you've got a specific patron for your game. Maybe your cosmology is based off of that. Yeah. Greater goods and greater evils. Mm-hmm. Oh, a, a sorcerer based off an elder evil would be great. Yep. Not great as in... <laughs> <laughs> that would be awful, but... But awesome as well. Yes. And finally... What if your player has a concept mm -hmm. that they want, but there's nothing for? Well, you sit down with them and just work it out. One of our players wanted to play a half-dragon, half-elf, yeah. sorcerer. There. Okay. So what? Yeah. yeah sure. Go for it. And we did. Yeah. Easy concept. Now, that's a typical sorcerer bloodline in terms of draconic, but we added in some eldritch, you know, um, elven abilities. Yeah. So, if we want to create bloodlines, where do we start? Well, and you mentioned this earlier, uh before we recorded there is a step zero before a step one what is that first step find out if there's actually an established bloodline that meets the parameters that you have and then use that like literally just change the name sure so when we're doing custom monsters in a previous episode we've stated before if there's a monster that fits what you want it to do use those stats change the name change the description same thing reskin it reskin it same thing goes with creating a bloodline. It's easy. You're doing this for your game. Yeah. So just take that exact template, change the theme for your homebrew. That's the easiest way to do it. Sure. Uh, for example, if you wanted a specifically like a Warforged style bloodline, right? Okay. You take the Clockwork Soul, you reskin it. You make a couple of minor changes that may need making, and you're done. The work has already been done. Yeah, because a clockwork soul and a warforge are very similar in nature. Right. They're both constructs. Yeah. And this could be because you're descended from an inevitable. Yeah. Or... Or you were made by one. Or made, oh yeah. If, if you're, you're a warforged. Or you could be a created, like a, the created in Ravenloft. Yeah. That would be cool. See? There's... But why take the time to 
hammer out something whole cloth when there's something that is already within that flavor profile that's pre-created for you. Now, let's say you do want to hammer out something from whole cloth. Sure. How do we start? The first thing you're going to have to do is pick a theme. And I would say this is one of the most important things is what is the theme? This could be anything. The theme doesn't have to necessarily be a creature. No. And in fact, I would say don't start with the creature. Start with an alignment or a deity. A goal. A goal. A goal is great. Like, and we've got a couple of examples of this. Uh, maybe even an energy type. Because this is a sticking point for me. Why are there no elemental based sorcerers? It it makes or yeah. quasi or para elemental based. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I get it. Or an ideal is another one. Absolutely. We've got a couple of examples. Here's two examples. The concept of revenge. Okay. Yeah. That's a concept, a goal or an ideal. How oh. cool would it be to make a sorcerer based off of revenge? I don't see why not. And if revenge is your player's concept, right? Mm -hmm. Then what you do, we know the theme is revenge. We go from there. Right. And then the second idea we had was a god of travel might be the concept for your or theme for your sorcerer. Sure. In this case, I put Farlagan or Shundakal if you're playing Forgotten, Forgotten Realms. Realms. Yeah, god of travel. Both of them are deities of travel. So we'll just take Shundakal for this point. Okay. All right. You've picked your theme. Now what's next? Step two would be you would pick a creature, let's say, to exemplify that theme. It should, I might add, but doesn't necessarily have to have those abilities that fit with the theme. And what I mean by that is, is you don't have to pick. I'll give you an example. If you were doing um, elemental powers, that's an easy one to do. Mm -hmm. Air. You might pick an air elemental. That's the easiest thing to exemplify the concept of air. Sure. But it doesn't have to. You could, for example, maybe think of the mental aspects of air and pick a creature that is very intelligent instead. You could take the physical aspects of air and do something that is force-based. Yes. Or even something that is the energy type for air tends to be lightning. You could do something that is specifically lightning-based that is the air was the theme for. You could have a Thunderbird. Yeah. And that could be a, a like the patron or the creature that started your sorceress adventure. Sure. We've got a lot of different examples of that, but the two that we're using are, again, revenge and travel. Okay. God of travel. So what would we have for revenge? We've got two examples for revenge, and these are just examples of different ways that you can theme this a retriever mm -hmm. so the retriever is a construct demon right the, for those people who don't know oh sure it's basically a spider demon construct that is literally sent to retrieve people who have escaped hell that weren't supposed to bring them back dead right. or alive you're coming with me right. uh, it's got a very kind of revenge, I will find you, I will hunt you down kind of flavor to it. Mm -hmm. And then I added one, right, which is the classic revenge, thinking of the movie The Crow, A mm -hmm. Revenant. Yes. And it's more of, I'm back, I'm pissed off, and I'm about to deal with the situation. So it is more of the murder hobo aspect of revenge. So if you're making a new bloodline, figure out, you've, you've figured out what your theme is, but how do you go about that theme? Right, because a retriever demon and a revenant are two very different critters. And as you'll see shortly, the powers and the abilities and the theme itself, while the same theme differs once you widely. get to that widely, once you get to that point. Now again, we, we, we mentioned travel, and so we'll do Shundakal. Sure. So that could be the creature as far as the god itself or an agent of Shundakal. Right. Maybe and any uh, agent, right? Angel, a cleric, or even just a dead person that happens to be their petitioner. Yeah, or for Shandakul, once again, you could go into the air side of things because mm -hmm. Shandakul was not just travel, but also a wind deity. And protection. You yeah. could also go into that. So there's a lot of different options to create with 
creating your bloodline. Sure. All right. We've got the, our theme. We've got a creature or series of creatures that exemplify the ideals of our theme. Okay. What's next, Matt? We're going to set up the origin abilities for whatever our sorcerer's origin is. Okay. So like for 5E, you get four of them. You get one at first, one at sixth, one at 14th, and one at 18th. Mm-hmm. And for Pathfinder... Get a bunch. You get, yeah. It's, get. it's I think, every couple of levels or something like that, if I'm correct. Uh, it doesn't really matter what matters in terms of creating your bloodline. I mean, it'll matter eventually. Sure. But for the purposes of this podcast, come up with whatever those ability touchstones are and then make them. We recommend a cantrip. Sure. A minor, which is usually like the one through third level spells, right? Uh, a medium, a major, and then a capstone. Right. Now, because every system has its own power scale and what have you, we're using spell levels just as a touchstone for that. Yeah. However, the easiest way to do it is pull up two or three sorceress origins, sit down with yours, and say, okay, the level one ability for this sorceress origin may just be a skill across the board. Okay, what's the appropriate skill here? Mm-hmm. Right? Use what has been printed as a way to gauge the proper yeah. mechanics. Yeah. Again, we're, we're thinking D&D terms or Pathfinder terms, but your game may differ. Sure. For the purposes of this exercise, we're doing one, two, three, four, five different abilities because it's got a nice number to it. Yeah. All right. We're doing two revenges because we're going to do the revenge retriever and then the revenant version. So what's the revenge retriever? What's its first cantrip level ability? Well, the first one for a cantrip level, retrievers have a lot of elemental attacks. Yeah, they have lasers. Exactly. A lot of eye rays. So the first one we're going to do is firebolt. That seems appropriate. Yep. It's... Low level on the power scale, it scales a little bit, and it's something you can do over and over. Mm-hmm. Blast through a door, blast through a person, it works. Yeah. Very Just nice. blast. Uh, we've got a minor ability, and because they're spider creatures, spider climb makes perfect sense. Absolutely. That's that's it's a no-brainer there. Yep. The next one up is, because it's a construct, you get some construct traits. Mm-hmm. So this could be something like you might uh, have advantage against backstab attacks or you might have some damage reduction or uh, resistances or whatnot yeah you might be immune to charm or fear because you're a construct right may not take slashing damage or blunt damage sure just decide where on that power scale you want it and you're good to go yep again because it's a retriever it's finding stuff what is that major ability that we have find the path that makes perfect sense to me i i will hunt you down across the plains yes and then the capstone, because it has an actual petrifying attack and a lightning attack. Yep. I would say a lightning ray. Sure. So you either do lightning bolt or a li- or just make it a ray. Okay. Or flesh of stone. Yeah. And petrify. Make it, yeah. Make it petrify. Your choice. I'm giving you guys a couple options. Now, again, on the concept of revenge, now we're going to look at the revenant. Way, way different in terms of abilities. Absolutely. Similar theme. Yeah. What's the first uh, cantrip level ability? Toll the dead. Yeah. Because right. it's an undead creature. Yeah. And it's a bastard of an ability. <laughs> That's an Toll awful. the dead is great slash awful. Mm-hmm. Next up, we've got advantage on charm and fear. Or just you could fear somebody. Right. And this could be once per day or twice per day. You know, scale it however you feel. If you're feeling froggy and you really want to go into some grimdark, you might only do it once per day unless you are playing more superheroes and such. Then you might do it multiple times. For me, I like both sides of this coin. It would be a tough call. Uh, For the advantage, I feel like, A, you're undead, but B, thematically... It should be very difficult for somebody that you're hunting down to either make you afraid or get buddy-buddy with you. 
Yeah, because you're you're basically an unstoppable undead creature of revenge. Yeah. You're you're not here to have a conversation. No, you're not you're, you're not dicking around here. You're you're ready to like slay whatever killed you in the first place. And so because of that, either of these works. Sure. I could see Revenant or Sorcerer of Revenants walking into a room, fearing somebody to get him out of the way, and then hunting down the person. Yeah, I'm not here for you. I'm not here for you. Get the fuck out of the way. Or you roll in, someone hits you with an axe, you know, and you just shrug it off, and they try to charm or fear you, and you just kind of look at them like, is that all you got? Oh, who's cute? I would definitely bump my constitution up if I was a sorcerer of a revenant though because I would definitely want to take like an axe to the hand or something like that you know it's like take it someone just beat you with a a mallet or something you just kind of look at them like what you got that'd be cool yeah what's the kind of middle level ability for a revenant sorcerer bloodline now you said the word you said unstoppable yes immune to exhaustion yeah. Just, I will march days on end. I will climb off of the horse that I have ridden to exhaustion and keep walking. And that's a badass ability. Yeah, it, it's beefy. The odds that it comes into play significantly often are relatively low, but when it does, it's amazing. And it's a good thematic ability. Sure. Now let's talk about that major ability. Once again, we've got find the path. Yeah. Okay. So this is where they actually are similar. Right. Because you you cannot be an object of revenge if you, if can't you cannot find, find the object of revenge. Yep. And then finally, the capstone ability, because you're an unstoppable engine of revenge. Regeneration. Mm-hmm. Like once a day, right? You just cast a spell or maybe you get regeneration like once per round or something. If you're, again, f- tailor it to your game. The other object for that is if you are not destroyed, you literally regenerate up. Mm. I would say, or you could even do, since you're a sorcerer of this, once per day you get killed and you remain dead for an hour. And then the next hour, you just kind of come back from whatever dust they turned you into. Even if they burn the body, you just come back like a phoenix, but you can only do it like once per day. Sure. Very much like the phoenix blade in, uh, adept in third edition. Yeah, there's... You die and then you like appear uh, later on. There was also a warlock one, the uh, discorporation. Oh, ability. yeah. Where you just... Yeah, so that's a good example of that too. Yep. Okay. Now, we also mentioned using Shandakul. So, okay. What kind of abilities would a sorcerer of Shandakul as a patron or a bloodline get? Okay, so Shandakul is the god of travel, the protector of caravans and miners, oddly, mm-hmm. and a god of the wind. All right, cool. What's the cantrip level ability that a sorcerer of Shandakul bloodline gets? Gust. Gust, just yeah, straight up gust, just the cantrip. Gust. Yep. Yeah, you just kind of you puff a little bit of wind. That's easy. Sure. Flavorful. Yep. Potentially useful. And after that, you get Misty Step. Mm-hmm. Right? It's all about travel. You're not skipping the travel portion. You're just getting out of the way of danger so that you can keep traveling. Absolutely. I would say as a medium level ability, increased movement. Your movement rate goes up. Yep. Because if, let's be honest, if you're descended from a servant of Shandakal or Shandakal yourself... You should be able to move. Yeah. Run like the wind. And this can scale. So it might be something where maybe it starts at a plus 10 movement and goes up much like a monk. Or it just be a bonus, just a straight up bonus. Yep. What would be a major ability? Permanent flight. Yeah. Because again, movement based, very useful, thematic. God of travel in the wind. And the wind. Yep. Fly like the wind. And then finally, what would be a capstone ability? Freedom of movement. Group. Freedom of movement. Nice. You don't get permanent freedom of movement, but once per long rest or once per day or however your game cuts it up, right? Your entire group gets freedom freedom of of movement. 
And that is a savior-ass ability right there. Absolutely. Because everybody gets immobilized or something like that. And because you are descended from the god of air and freedom and so forth, you say no. No. When the Kraken comes and snatches your whole party up. It's time to get the hell away. You you're go. just like, no, we're not going to do that. Yep. Not today. All right. We've got more stuff about making a sorcerer and a sorcerer bloodline, but we'll be right back. After these messages. If there are any topics you would like us to cover, goods or services you would like us to review, or if you would like to sponsor an episode, we would love for you to contact us at info at goblinscorner.com. And we're back. Welcome back. So we're talking sorcerer's bloodlines. Yes, indeed. And we've been describing ways to make a sorcerer's bloodline, talking about theme, yeah. and then going a little bit into abilities. And, you know, creature type or what your bloodline is descended from, whether it's a creature or something else. Yep. So we were just about to talk about the fact that in some games and in some of the later bloodlines in 5e, you got an increase in spells that you could pick from. Yes. And as a result of that, Let's put some spells together for our three bloodlines we've created. Two for the revenge and the one for the god of travel. All right. Let's talk about our retriever first. What would... Now, we've given them abilities to hunt down and find their prey with the retriever bloodline. Sure. What kind of spells would we get? We're going to just do first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. We're just one of each. Okay. And that way, again... Split the difference. Yeah, and, and for your game, you might have two of a first and maybe one third, or you might have you know, one of each like we're doing. Kind of scale it according to how your characters are playing. You don't want it to be particularly outrageous, but make it fun, make it flavorful, make it interesting. Sure. What would be a good first level spell for a retriever? Hunter's Mark. Oh, the ranger spell. Yep. Yeah. 100%. I'm I'm going after you. Yes. Perfect for a sorcerer. You are my target. Yes. Love that. Let's talk about second level spell. Easy. It's going to be web. It has to be. It's a spider construct. Exactly. And also, if you look at their monsters' abilities, they- They get web walk and- Oh, yeah. They can crawl on spider webs and all that stuff. Yeah. So why not have that? A third level ability- Non-detection. Now, you and I talked about this before the break, and this is bastardly. Yes, I'm a terrible person. It is It is awful, because with non-detection, that means their prey never sees them coming. Yes. They can't scry them. Nope. Can't ask any divination no abilities. No clear audience, no and clear if I was audience. a sorcerer of this at that point, because I have third-level abilities, invisibility would definitely be something that I memorize all the time. Sure. Because then I would be invisible with non-detection up. Non-detection specifically states that divination magic cannot be used against the target, right? Mm-hmm. But glitter dust could. Right. But detect invisibility could not. Yes. Oh, that is particularly bad. How horrible is that? You better walk around with a sack full of flour. You're ready to bust it open at a moment's notice. I don't allow for that. What, a sack full of flour? Yeah, I don't allow five copper of inanimate object to defeat a second level spell. I, no. <laughs> no. If you want to make a bomb out of it, that's fine, but I'm not allowing you to use it to cancel out invisibility. All right, fair enough. It's, it's an argument for some other podcast. <laughs> Let's talk about a fourth level ability. Locate creature. Yeah. Once again. Hunter's mark, locate creature. You got to find them, hunt them down, bring them back dead or alive. Yep. And then a capstone ability or spell for fifth level, I would say, because they get a polar ray through their eyes, and there's not really a ray spell for fifth that fits thematically, Kona Cold. Sure. Now, if you want and adapt the Kona Cold to be a ray instead of a cone, I'm totally cool with that. I'd be okay with it, but I don't think it's necessary because if you're this kind of person, sometimes you're going to need to do a little crowd control. Mm -hmm. 
dead or alive, you're coming with me. You got to get through a whole bunch of fighters or that party of adventurers or whatnot. Yep. Kona Cole can definitely take care of that. All right. Now, in contrast, let's talk about our revenant sorcerer bloodline. Okay. We're at, once again, we're going to do first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Okay. First level spell going on this undead theme, Ray of Sickness. Absolutely. Just bam. Knock them dead on their feet. Then I can deal with business. Yep. Most likely a stab to the heart. What would be a great second level of, uh, spell? Phantasmal Force. Now you might think, why Phantasmal Force? Well, it's a lot worse than you think. So the thing is, is one of the things that revenants do is they deal with the pain and anger that you've caused. Mm -hmm. And so Phantasmal Force allows you to inflict that on the target of your revenge. Super thematic. Yeah. It just works perfectly. Third level ability, because you're going to probably be in combat, which is unusual for a sorcerer class, but in this case, again... You're going to shoulder an axe blade at some point in your in your adventuring abilities. So, having vampiric touch is definitely essential. Yep, you're going to want to be able to heal yourself. Oh yeah, because you want to be unstoppable. Yep. You got to shrug that stuff off. And what better way to shrug off an axe blade to the neck or whatnot by vampiric touching the person that hits you? How dare you? Those are my hit points. How dare you take my hit points away? I'm going to kill you and your flump. He's going to hell. Kill the flump. What would be a fourth level spell, Matt? Shadow of Moil. Excellent. Tell me a bit about Shadow of Moil. Okay, so going with themes again, mm -hmm. and because we like visuals, it's yeah. what we do. Flame-like tendrils of shadow wreathe your body. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> and perfect for, as you mentioned, a thematic style for your, for what you're playing. What the spell actually does, I mean, thematically and visually, that's awesome. But it causes you to become heavily obscured to others. Mm -hmm. It makes shadows of uh, light. So if you're in dim light, it becomes darkness. If you're in bright light, it becomes dim light. Okay. So, fantastic. Also, you have resistant to radiant energy useful and because that's not enough every time you hit with an attack those tendrils lash out and deal an extra 2d8 necrotic damage awesome perfect for <laughs> for that ability yeah. thematic flavorful deadly love it for a capstone fifth level spell i would suggest destructive wave where you stamp down and just knock everybody doing Massive amounts of damage and knock them prone. Yes. Because once again, you've got to do a little crowd control. Every now and again, it's going to happen. Flavorful, useful. And again, you can you could see it almost as like a psychic scream where he just stamps down and screams and just knocks them on their feet. Yep. Awesome. Let's talk a little bit about our God of the Air and the bloodline that it would suggest. Sure thing. First so, level spell? Expeditious Treat. That's a no-brainer there. Got to move, right? Yep. Let's move fast. Second level ability. So because this guy is also about protection mm -hmm. and freedom of travel, pass without trace. Oh, The ability to hide your footsteps would make an excellent spell, for, for especially for a sorcerer, because that's not on their spell list normally. Nope. Yeah. I would say for a third level spell, Wind Wall. Throw it up. It's defensive, potentially offensive if you play it right. Right. And it's defensive for a group, not just for yourself. And this guy also protects caravans. Yes. So, yeah, it's perfect. And it's on theme. Yeah. Fourth level ability? Freedom of movement. Yeah. Fourth level spells, freedom of movement, perfect. Fifth level spell, control wind. And that's, again, a no-brainer. Yeah. So these are just some examples that we used, as you could see. Two for the same type of theme and one for a different theme, just to kind of give you guys an idea of what you can do to build your sorcerer bloodline. Now, let's say you've 
major sorcerer bloodliner, you've got an existing one out of the book or from a third party, and you want to spice it up a bit, Matt. How would we spice our sorcerer up? Make it spicy, <laughs> hot, sizzling. I would. Uh, I'd pour cayenne all over the paper. Okay, there you go. <laughs> all right. Thank you, folks. So, we're done. Okay, so basically everything is. It's kind of straightforward. What if you want to add a little bit of kick? Well, what we're going to do is we're going to emphasize the descriptive change in the sorcerer in addition to the numeric changes. So what that means is, is it could be stuff like the horns. You have horns on your head, or you could have a skin tone change. Your eyes might look different. Something descriptive about the sorcerer and the bloodline changes from a standard person that you are, whatever your humanoid is. So if you're a human or an elf or whatnot, and you have slod in your bloodline. Maybe you've got an extra wide mouth. Yeah, or a prehensile tongue. <laughs> nice, yeah. Uh, or it may be just you never blink. It just got those dead eyes that stare at you. They have a nictating membrane. That's true. And they could blink too. Maybe you have bulbous eyes. Sure. That'd be kind of fun. Or even golden eyes with the the weird pupils. Or wet skin. Maybe your skin is perpetually moist and slimy. Or maybe you're a primary or secondary color, like literally green. Right, green, like a, like a tree frog? Yep. Yeah, that'd be great. Or you have a big throat pouch? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Or you have a deep voice, bud. Wiser. <laughs> so some things to consider in addition to the ridiculous. Think about just some very basic stuff like skin texture, hair color, scent or odor. That's always a good one. Yeah. The scent of brimstone fills the room as you walk in, Nightcrawler. <laughs> Vocal keys or changes. I love this. Maybe you just sound different, and that's it. Nothing else, but you just sound different. Yeah. Maybe uh, like visual phantasms. Mm -hmm. So maybe like a halo if you're celestial. Yeah, like a literal halo. That could be fun. Or you could have, uh, you could like little fairy fire occasionally just dances around you. Little moats just kind of follow you along. Hey, yeah. listen. <laughs> I never get, I never get, that never gets old for me. You never get tired of it. I know. And it's fine. Emphasize the effect the sorcerer has on other characters, particularly NPCs. There's lots of different ways we can do that. Again, this is all lots of descriptive stuff. Some of this could be numeric. Here are some examples. NPCs might be slightly unnerved for no reason or shiver. Or, you know, maybe they feel an urge to smile. Mm -hmm. Depending upon the theme and the bloodline that you happen to be creating. If you're a revenant bloodline sorcerer i should be that might make people nervous yeah i'm kind of freaked out when you walk into the room because you're about to handle some business you're looking for someone i'm just hoping it's not me mm -hmm. and whether or not you know that cognitively on a subconscious level you just give off that vibe yeah cats or horses may startle around the sorcerer and this would be perfect for an undead bloodline sure children are innately delighted whenever a character is around Yes. You might have a celestial or a fae touched bloodline. Yeah. Perfect for that. Here's a fun one. People age in reverse around the character. Yeah. What if you've got uh, some sort of positive bloodline? Mm -hmm. And I would say, to make it even more amusing, it's the same time. So it's in real time. You age in reverse in real time. So if you spend an hour with the character or the no NPC, you age an hour backwards. Yep. You spend 30 years around the person, you're going to need to take a trip for a while. Yeah. Or they're going to turn into a baby. Yep. Now, we'll say this. It is the greatest way for that elven human romance to work out. Yes. You hire the sorcerer as a butler or whatever. We just need them around. I need you to hang around for 30 <laughs> years and then leave. Yep. And then come back in 30 years and then leave. <laughs> It would yeah. be like, what is it, Benjamin Button going yeah. back and forth? be awesome. Uh, the character gives off magic radiation, causing changes in eyes, hair, or skin tone in others for benefit or detriment. Sure. just There's not even really a benefit or a detriment there. It's just a change. Mm -hmm. You're... <laughs> really? You can tell this, is, this one's Eric's for certain. Bite turns you into a slod. Or a were sorcerer. A were sorcerer. Think about I, that. I love the idea of a were sorcerer. You get bit by a were sorcerer, which means 
only on the full moon. You get sorcerer's powers. You imagine a, a barbarian, <laughs> big meaty barbarian tromping through the woods and, and the sorcerer's bite. Sorcerer bit me and I killed that little bastard. And then on the full moon, you shrink down and shrivel into a, like a small looking sorcerer, but only on the full moon. Mm-hmm. You give a massive howl and start flinging fireballs until the sun rises and you turn back into Thog the Barbarian. <laughs> what an awesome effect. That's definitely going to be a curse we're going to use. So that's the effect on NPCs or others. What about the effects on the environment? Oh, lots of fun with that. Maybe anytime you're within five foot of a sorcerer of Shundakal, there's a slight breeze whipping in the wind. Or you move a little bit faster. Just a little. Maybe like a foot faster. Flowers bloom or wither when they shed blood. That comes right from the Witcher, guys. Matt hasn't seen it. It's fine. The temperature drops or raises a few degrees whenever they're around. Just a few. Thematic. Yep. Not really useful in any particular way, but... Could be. Yeah. Undead find it easier to push through. Ooh, so the veil is a little bit thin whenever the uh, the undead bloodline sorcerer pops in. Yep. Maybe organic matter slowly petrifies over time. Nice. So you could finally have that stone apple that you've wanted. Well, it'd be cool for like a uh, an an elemental earth type sorcerer or a bloodline for a gorgon. Yeah, very much. That would be, or Medusa. That would be really cool. Very cool. It might be easier or harder to create magic items or artifacts. Or another option is it's summoning is easier or harder. Sure, I can see that. What if this would be terrible if you were in conjunction with someone that is a wild magic sorcerer, but what if wild magic happens more often around you? Oh, that would be great. That's definitely for the slot sorcerer. And then finally, you could unhallow or hallow over time. Sure. If you were like a lich sorcerer or an angelic sorcerer or something like that, just mm-hmm. if you live in a place for a long enough time, a hallow or unhallow happens. Yeah. If, if your bloodline is an abyssal, you might unhallow a building just by living in the building, forcing you to move every few months. Sure, or not. Or not, and just have live in an unhallow. That would suck if you're good. It would. It's just a curse of your bloodline. Yep. How cool is that? We could use sorcerer bloodlines as plot points, and this is something, as a DM, you should definitely consider. I agree. If you've got bloodlines that are similar to, say, uh, the Dragonmark houses, mm-hmm. right? If a sorcerer pops up, it could be a sign of nobility or the ruling class. So what you're thinking of is maybe like the bloodlines as a house, like a house. Thrask. Or, yeah, yeah. What, what, what not. I'm talking Eberron there. House Thrask. Uh, you could use them to designate an heir to a family because you're a bloodline. Yeah. If there is in your family bloodline, if that nobility is based off of whatever that higher being is, then the sorcerer that is born that generation is automatically the heir to whatever it's the sign the house on a, is. Yeah, sign of the, the house. Sign of house. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, <laughs> in some places, being an, a uh, sorcerer could just get you marked for death. Mm-hmm. Particularly if you're of a sort of an infernal or abyssal bloodline. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily have to be. It could be any bloodline, really. Yeah. If you're in Nar in the Forgotten Realms where they bind demons and stuff like that, being a demonic sorcerer might be fine, but being an angelic sorcerer might get you in a lot of trouble. Bad times. And finally, the bloodline, as we mentioned before, could just draw the attention of specific extraplanar entities, as we mentioned Grandma Angel. Sure. For good and for ill. Or, you know, on the other side of that, if you're born an angelic sorcerer, entities that want to corrupt you. Oh, yeah. Because imagine an imp that was able to corrupt an angelic sorcerer. Like, how much cred is he going to pull down for that? 
you've got a lot of different people just vying for your attention. Yep. Now, these are just a few things that can spice up your sorcerer, aside from the standard thematics that we've been talking about, right? Get a little, add a little cayenne pepper to the mix. But there may have been some bloodlines that you have never thought of. And because we're delightful individuals, Matt and I have come up with a couple examples of some bloodlines that might inspire you. Absolutely. What are, what are a few of these? A couple of them are pet peeves of mine. That is also true. <laughs> but first off, uh, as we mentioned at the top of this, ideals, emotions, goals, planes, alignments, and environments. Those are the, yeah, those are the easiest to choose from. You can definitely come up with something very quickly from that. You could also do something based off of nature or an artifact like, or some kind of powerful magical object. There's no reason to say that you, somewhere in the past, your character's build line was touched by the rod of seven parts. And because of that. Yeah. If, if your great, great granddad actually held the rod of seven parts for an extended amount of time, just that much magic scrambled his DNA and you know, a couple generations down the line, you're able to be a sorcerer because of it. That's pretty cool. As additionally, magical energy or contamination could also be a great reason for it. Certainly. And then one which was in Unearthed Arcana in 3rd edition, we should bring back to 5th edition. And spells that have gone awry? Yeah. You got subjected to a spell, some, some part in your past, in your family's past, and it altered their DNA to the point where you... Yeah, you used to have feats for that as well. Yep. I'm talking about. Yep. What else could we do? What are some other ideas for bloodlines? Location is a great one. If you your mom was pregnant near a color pool or near a portal to the Feywild. Yeah, the Feywild is a great one. It's just emanation of magic. The Far Realm is also a great one as well. Sure. Creatures are another example of where you could get entire sets of sorcerers from a group of creatures. You could get different sets from Fey. From giants beholders yeah they could dream up new sorcerers yeah undead and romani yeah the the guys from what outlands yes and any other type of that has like different types or subtypes of creatures so sure. demonics and angels have all the different brain uh brands modrons do too slot of course <laughs> have wonderful fruit flavors and then of course your favorite there are no elemental bloodlines and it is dumb we should have them. And, and you course, touched on my other pet peeve, which is there are no fae There are no fae either, yeah, which is ridiculous. Yes. So those are a few examples of how to spice up your sorcerer. Now, we would be remiss if we did not give you a couple of example bloodlines that we've come up with that you can use in your campaign. Sure. What's the first one, Matt? We've already beat this one into the ground. Fae bloodlines. Yes. Here's just a couple of examples, right? A dryad, a nymph, a pixie, a ladron, summer winter court, or any arch fay will yeah, work. Any arch fay, uh, red caps and mean locks. Yeah, and any of these fay could be an arch fay. Yeah, and as we mentioned with the difference between revenants and retrievers for revenge, the abilities for a pixie will definitely be different than a mean lock or a red cap. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly, you could do. Imagine a vegapygmy or a furbolg treant sorcerer. So what I mean by that is, is that. Maybe the Furbolg or the Vegapygmy, somewhere in its bloodline, had a treant. Yeah. That would be a cool nature-based sorcerer. Riddles and the Sphinx. Ooh, so a riddle sorcerer based off of Sphinx bloodline? Yeah. That would be neat. Maybe you have paws. Could be. Or you only speak in riddles or rhymes. That would be a really cool verbal. If, you know, if you've got a player that's down for it, run it. Yeah. How about a portal sorcerer? Somewhere yeah. in your past, your great-grandpappy was exposed to a couple too many portals or color pools, and they've been hanging around that active color pool, and you just have the abilities of a portal sorcerer. Yep. Teleport, dim door, all that jazz. Misty step. Gate. It's, it's all just... Yeah, it's all there. Those sorts of flavors. A sorcerer of pain. Ooh. So that could be pain as a concept or pain for... What is it? Leviator? Yep. The goddess of pain? Absolutely. Great. How about a sorcerer of strength? Yeah. This could be giant based, would be perfect for this. Have a giant based sorcerer in the bloodline or cord. Yeah. 
or any strength uh, god or goddess. Oh, somebody that was standing in a place where the Tarrasque was summoned. That would be perfect for strength or insanity. (laughs) Speaking of insanity, we've beat this into the ground as well. A slot sorcerer. You're welcome. Here's here's one that is that wasn't a pet peeve of mine until I thought about it, and then it immediately became. We a should pet totally peeve make of one of these. A Tabaxi Rakshasa sorcerer. So the Tabaxi has a Rakshasa in its bloodline at some point. Of course it does. Absolutely, yes. that would be perfect. How about one which is healing or transformation based transmutation? Okay, I'll give you a, a breakdown of this. Maybe someplace in the past. Your ancestor was exposed to too much healing magic. Maybe they were a fighter and they just, every time they got hit, sure. they, cleric went and healed the person, right? Guy got healed, over got healed over and over and over and, over and, over. and then you, a couple generations later, you now are a sorcerer and you have some of that healing ability. Uh, and for the transmutation one, what if you've got like transmuter wizards in your background, yep. but also druids that are constantly shape-changing oh yeah and so you know that confluence of magic just it you know just got built into you maybe you're a changeling could be could be what about a balance sorcerer Mm. so you've got we mentioned the real money right but also in the same way that a fighter might get healed over and over and over again if you've got somebody that's been cursed and removed cursed they've been blessed and then they've been baned they've been right like the child of an adventurer who has just constantly lived on the seesaw of magic effects yeah that'd be great a micated phantom fungus sorcerer yes and that's all we're gonna say yep there you go how about a time lord everyone yeah exposure to what is it dunamancy yep yeah there you go a little critical role there yeah you could have it We've got, you know, touching on the elemental things, we've got a fire sorcerer and a magma method. Absolutely. That'd be great. A little bit of chaos, a little bit of magma. Yeah, I miss mefflings. I do too. How about a cryomancer? So somewhere down the line, you've got an ice para elemental in your, yeah. in or your you makeup. Would, yeah, whether or not that's genetically or just we're blessed by a greater one or what yeah. have you. Might have indeed. And then finally... The breath stealer. Yes. This is this no one's done this, and I I'm nope. definitely me. It's a sorcerer whose patron is the quasi elemental plane of void. Yeah. Now, once again, whether or not that's a <laughs> blessing, I'm gonna mm-hmm. throw that up in quotes. Maybe you were exposed because your great grandpappy was a or great grandmother was a uh plane hopper, or you got exposed to Something from the plane of void or a quasi-elemental or a deity, whatever that happens to be, right. but you gain those abilities to steal people's breath. Yeah. What kind of abilities would you get? What kind of spells would happen? I would say your air spells work in reverse. Yeah. Instead of gust, it's suck. She's gone from suck to blow. Yeah, I think we'll rename that, but yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll change the name up on that. So there you have it. Some ways to create bloodlines, some thematic elements... Also, a couple of abilities and spell options, and of course, some examples of some ways to make some really awesome and interesting thematically flavored sorcerers for your campaign. Yeah, that's, I hope you enjoyed it, folks. Yeah. We had a fun time writing this one, as you can tell by the absolute breadth of material we, we made put a out. lot of different stuff, yeah. and this is just literally a drop in the bucket of stuff that we've come up with that we'll <laughs> definitely make at some point. Yep. Did we miss something? Write to us. Info at goblinscorner.com or you can reach me, Eric at goblinscorner.com or me, Matt at goblinscorner.com. We're on all the things. Matt, what are we on? We're on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and Twitch. As Goblins Corner. And Instagram. As the Goblins Corner. Indeed. Did you like our show? Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite player, YouTube and Twitch. Also, if you could do us a favor and click those five stars, give us a review on iTunes, Podchaser, and YouTube. It boosts the show and feeds the hungry algorithm. Which will be the next Sorcerer Bloodline, the bloodline of the hungry algorithm. Absolutely. That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name's Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Good night, folks.
Goblin's Corner is written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Staples. The music is by the Mighty D20. This has been a Subterranean production. Bum,